You know what's really funny? Since last week, when we launched the very first episode of the 90% Living podcast, just on Buzzsprout, not even on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or any of the other streaming platforms, the platform sent me a notification that over 50 of you clicked play on the podcast. What? What? We have already had over 50 listens. Regardless of whether this means that there are 50 unique listeners or whether there are 25 of you who love this podcast so much that you wanted to listen to it a second time, or even one of you that played it 50 times, who cares? That is still fan-freaking-phenomenal. My name is Chris and I am your host of the 90% Living podcast that is made by the Borderline Personality Disorder Community or BPD community for the BPD and peripheral communities and anyone who wants to learn about Borderline Personality Disorder, personality or cluster B disorders in general, impulse control, emotional dysregulation, interpersonal relationships, abandonment issues, or really just capital T fucking trauma and what to do a about that. Ways in which to not just survive, but thrive, be part of the 90% and continue to grow that number so that more of us can continue to live with borderline. If you are here for the first time and you haven't listened to episode one already, I recommend you go check it out because the way that these episodes are filmed they build upon each other. So these first few episodes are really giving you the mental curriculum, the mental stretching, let's say, that you need so that we can go and do our core workout later on in some of the other podcast episodes. That means that these are absolutely foundational. Our topic for today is the S word. Now, what is the S word, you ask? Christine, last time you said there was an H word and we didn't touch the H word. What is the S word this time? Well, the S word for this episode is serenity. We don't need to fully touch serenity, just like we didn't touch hope fully last time either. Because serenity as a concept, some would say, is derived through a certain amount of faith. And faith is not just a capital F faith word. Capital is an all caps F-A-I-T-H word. It is packed. So let's set faith aside for now because that is a big workout and we are just stretching right now. What capital S serenity means is really ingraining the idea of serenity. Regardless whether you are Hindu, Christian, Muslim, Jewish, Buddhist, Sikh would say you, this platform and this space is non-denominational and multi-faith. I am multi-faith and so the ideologies that come into this podcast are informed from being born in an Islamic nation, being born Catholic and Christian within that Islamic nation, being born in a province that has a lot of Sikh folks around to influence it, watching and listening to a lot of Hindu media, and academically studying Buddhism and practicing it as well. Now, those are five different sets of beliefs. We don't need to touch any of them. The only thing we can touch here is capital S serenity. Of course, some part of it is derived from Christianity, but you don't need to be denominational or Christian or even be able to do multiplication or your cross times tables to be able to understand serenity. That was a joke about crosses and Jesus, but let's set that aside for now. <laughs> Jesus will forgive me. He's my best friend. 
Our topic for today is around the serenity prayer because this is something that I have been reciting maybe four times every week for the last five or six months. It's a concept that I really try to ingrain into my mind and honestly it's done wonders. Now if you're not familiar with the serenity prayer, it goes something like this. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference. Serenity, courage, wisdom. If you let that sit for a second, that is really powerful. This topic comes about because while I was in the hospital, my psychiatrist, Dr. H, hi Dr. H, kept saying this one thing to me and to everyone that he saw, and the crux of it is this. The illness of depression or chronic low moods is caused by a lack of control, or at the very least, a perceived lack of control. Being in a place where you feel like you do not have control over either your day-to-day -day life, your short-term or long-term future, or even both. And that's a scary place to be. I'm going to speak to all of my peers who graduated university with me and all of the folks who have experienced the same phenomenon where in the Western industrial capitalist system that we're raised in, that we're educated in, we are given a certain set of curriculum and rules to follow. And the ideology is that if you follow these rules, you will get to Y result. Do X, get Y. That is what we are taught, right? And so once a lot of us leave university, leave college, leave high school, leave school, whatever and whatever that might look like for you, there is a certain lack of control, a lack of being able to read what the outcome of our actions will be because we are not sure what actions to take. At this point, instead of picking five out of 10 course options that you might be given, you have no options. So you don't know what to pick. This needs a perception change because no options means we have all the options. We have no restrictions. We're just used to living within restrictions and making our options within our restrictions. And so once those restrictions leave, we feel like we have no options because we don't have parameters. But guess what? There's no need to have parameters. There's no need to live inside the box anymore. There is no storyline where you pick option A or option B. This is truly a create your own adventure. So create it. You have all the options. Where does serenity come into this? The concept of serenity tries to give you an idea that not everything is in our control. Understandably, when someone loses a job, that's not in their control. When someone grows through grief and loses a person in their life, that is not through their control. When someone has a physical or mental impairment or illness, that is often not under their control. But what we can do is try to build up the small ways in which we seize control in our day-to-day -day life. You know this whole seize the day idea. I believe it comes from this because otherwise we can live lives that are just coasting, that are just trying to go by previous curriculums. Curricula, curriculi, what is the word there? But now we can really create our own. This topic stacks directly onto our topic from last week. We talked about how you really have to just logic your way into hope. Hope doesn't have to be this big thing that you come to one day all of a sudden. You don't don't need to push hope. You just need to understand that if someone else has done it before, you can do it as well. That's the TLDR of the previous episode, which you really should listen to honestly. It's a great episode, or so I've been told. Along with logicking your way into hope, you can just 
recite your way into serenity. And you don't need to be religious at all to say this prayer. Serenity. To accept the things I cannot change. There are things always that we cannot change. We cannot change where we've been born, who we've been born to, our socioeconomic class that we've been born in, the skin we've been born in, the sex we've been born in, the time period of the world we've been born in, our first language that we speak, the way we're fed as a child, the kinds of relationships we see as a child, what kinds of schools were put in as a child. There are a lot of things that we just cannot control and that's fine because guess what? Courage to change the things I can means there are things that are within our control and all we need to do is be able to identify them and have the courage to make steps towards changing them. Small things like our day-to-day -day personal habits, starting with the way that we think, our mental stretching, the parameters of our mind that we put ourselves in when really there's no big need to box our brain. We can change our self-concept, which we'll talk about way more in another episode. We can change our lifestyle in the way that we eat, sleep, go out for walks. We can change the amount of physical fitness we get. We can change our environment, the places we frequent, the people that we see on our day-to-day, -day, our friends, the types of boundaries that we like to set, the ways in which we communicate, how cleanly our environment is. Some part of this can even be as little as the media that we consume. How much violence do we watch, read? How many sad songs do we listen to per day? And can we watch more pleasant, more positive, more hopeful things? There's the H word again. Can we listen to more pleasant, more positive music and media? Can we tune out to things that give us the feeling of a lack of control and tune into things that encourage and empower us to seize the opportunity opportunities that we get in our lives because the wisdom to know the difference means that there are ways in which we can seize certain things and we cannot seize others. They are outside of our control. So let's focus on what we've got. Today, you've taken a really big step and exercised control in clicking play on this when honestly, you really didn't have to. I don't know why you did. I'm grateful that you did, obviously. <laughs> but that is an exercise of control. The more that we listen to positive media, and I hope that you find this positive and encouraging, the more that we listen to positive media, inspirational stories, pump up songs, the more we can ingrain and train our mind to see the positive and to see the ways in which we can take control in our lives. Last year, someone very important to me passed away and I went on an absolute fucking grief tantrum about it because he was very important to me. But his death was something that I could not control. And that lack of control led me to the hospital multiple times. It led me to multiple, multiple breakdowns. It led me to the the absolute worst depression that I have ever faced in my life and the kind that I did not think I would make it out of. But seizing control of my day-to-day -day life and understanding that I have the opportunity to get out of bed, to make my bed, to wash my face, to brush my teeth, to listen to positive music, to listen to affirming songs, to watch positive media, to be around happy-go-lucky people, to be around encouraging entities, to leave spaces that do not serve me or my sadness. I've had so many opportunities. I have 
have so many examples of things that I could control even while I was actively suicidal. And I hope that this is the message that reaches you today. Regardless of where you are, whether you feel like you are doing amazingly in life or you are at this moment in the hospital having a fucking mental breakdown, this thought still applies that there are some things you have control over. The first thing that you have control over is your mindset about whether or not you have control over things or not. My question is, do you choose to accept that you have control over some things in your life? And consequently, do you choose to take control over those things in your life that you identify? I know that can be a really big question at times, but it's a necessary one for us to keep going. I'll leave you with this challenge. Today or this next coming week, think about something that you feel you have a lack of control over. Truly, something that you really think you can't do anything about. Do you feel like you can't enter a certain field, get a certain job? Do you feel you can't be friends with a certain person, have a healthy relationship with a certain person? Do you feel that you aren't able to complete a certain skill or task or have a specific set of talents? Well, break it down. How much control do you actually have of that? And how much of that is a perceived lack of control? Can you take a class, a course, build up your resume, shoot someone a quick text for coffee, go work out? Can you take one small step of something that you have within your realm of control towards that goal that you perceive as completely out there? Because I promise you, there is always something within your realm of control to get you closer to where you want to be. But hey, what do I know? I'm not a fucking therapist. This is Christine. I've been cataloging my mental health journey from the hospital in December 2021, and consequently after that, to now where we are a community of 5.5 thousand. The 90% living is a catalog of all of the things that I've learned that can support you. So if you liked this, please feel free to follow the 90% Living pages and to share this with someone you think might benefit from this today or who might like just the vibe of this podcast. Thank you so much for listening. My name is Chris. I'll see you in the next episode next Monday.